Correct. I was asked about the pod today. But, um, oh, yeah. what, what episode number is this? 58? So that's you introducing? Yeah, it's me introducing. It is 58, isn't it? 58. Alright, this is the awkward bit because usually I don't need to look at anybody when I do this. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on, you can look at the microphone. That's what I'm going to do. I do that. It also keeps my train of thought. That's the audience. That's the audience. Yeah. So we need... Hello, everybody. You alright, everybody? Are you ready to listen? Come on everybody, it's time to listen in To an actor and a teacher who love their wrestling No more division, forget those prejudice The Wrestling Connection is here with Glenn and Chris Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to a very special edition of the Wrestling Connection podcast and you might be thinking to yourself, episode 58, what is so special about episode 58? There's no Wrestlemania 58, there's no wrestlers, is there any wrestlers currently that are 58? Probably, my father was born in 1958, which makes him soon to turn 63. Okay. Uh, But no, I'm not aware of any wrestlers born in 1958, Madonna. Was he born, was she? Was she born then? That's good. One thing I'm already noticing, is that my usual hesitancy to speak over you is is still there, but it's fine though because there's not going to be this kind of awkward. Uh, uh, that's what I hate about being on the phone. Mm. I hate talking to people on the phone. I'd much rather either FaceTime or text because on the phone it's like, oh, okay, you, there you go, okay, that's fine. Um, but ladies and gents, if you're listening to this and it sounds either clearer than usual or it sounds like we're in the same room, there's a reason for that. We're in the same room, aren't we, Chris? This is episode fifty-eight, so it's taken us fifty-eight weeks, Much and we are amazing. finally. By necessity, I must say, mm-hmm. by necessity, but it's the first time we are sitting here in the same room, mm-hmm. across from each other, at a, at a lovely kind of vintage looking table. Yeah, I think this was found on the street, upcycled and painted, I don't know, well, Kate will give us the full story when okay. she joins us. Uh, and I am live in Glen's house, not the Glen Den. No. Uh, we could sit up there, but we both have to sit on the floor. So the Glen Den will not accommodate two rather tall men, and if you don't know us, dear listener, and there's a, you know, we don't know the Apple numbers are, there's a good chance that you don't know us. Right. Uh, we can't fit there. So uh, this is weird but fun but exciting because we have never sat in the same room and this is only the second time I've seen Chris Moffat in the flesh since February of 2020. Right. Chris briefly dropped off Christmas presents for me here at Christmas time. He's never been in the house. And for those of you keeping check at home, we are both COVID negative. Yes, we're both safe and also uh, by government standards, we are allowed to be in the same room as well. Yes, we are in tier two, ladies and jelly spoons in yes. our local area, so we are not Glasgow City. Yeah. Sorry, Glasgow. I feel bad sometimes because I'm like, I'm going over to my friend's house and they're like, how can you do that? And I'm like, well, I'm tier two and you're not. I know, I was really conscious of that at work because right. some of my colleagues work uh, live in Glasgow, some of them don't, and I was very conscious about bragging, not bragging, but it felt like something to brag about. because Talking about so it and stuff, yeah. yeah. The, f- the concept of actually having somebody in to chat, and I can't stop looking at that cupcake. This is the visual element All right. of doing this. So, for for the record, folks, Chris has got a cupcake in front of him. Yeah, we're going to do a taste test right now. And you know what? The the author of the cupcake might actually be making the Yeah, it looks like Kate. Oh, wait, no, oh, she's no, playing she's with Luna. Playing with Luna. Yeah. All right, well, I'll tell you what, I'll try this while we're waiting. Um, so, describe what you've got in front of you there, Chris. All right, well, in front of me, I have a, a glass of water and what would we call this? Stainless steel. Stainless steel, yeah. Yeah, very nice. Uh, cheers, by the way. Mm. Cheers, I have my. Um, cheers. Did you hear that? That was actual contact of cups, dear listener. Yep, and I have a coffee here, which I'm going to let cool down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, here comes Kate, though. I'll wait until. 
Okay, so because I don't want to judge her cupcake. You know no, what I mean? Yeah, no, that's fair. Is that a another? Um, so one of my favorite aspects, dear listener, of doing this over the last fifty-eight weeks has been our jingles, and our jingles has been done by the jingle lady herself. And no, she's not coming. After all that suspense, oh, we have in the kitchen. That's fine. We also have Luna here, the one at the table, who did not greet me in the in the most friendliest ways, which looks like the friendliest dog ever. So I'm just going to Ashley. Oh. Okay. <laughs> there was a live jingle, dear Can listener. Can you come and perform live for us? <laughs> um, so oh, yeah. uh, full disclosure uh, dear listener Chris has met Luna once before right but I may or may not have used the words intruder and kill when Chris showed up and the reception was a little frosty yeah not going to lie um, but as you may have overheard uh, Luna is here now you might overhear her wee patterning and she's going to wander about the place yeah, I hope okay. we don't make too much of a noise um, but my wife Kate is now off to Ashley's, which means it's just the lads. It's just the lads. In the house. And lads, so, lads, lads. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go and do this cake test. Right, so, so what we've got here, so I have, um, which looks like a very nice sponge cupcake. Yeah. There is some, I'm going to say strawberry. I think there's jam mixed in with it. Okay, strawberry or raspberry with jam, topping icing, and then we have a nice blueberry on top. Mm-hmm. Now, I like a blueberry, I particularly like a blueberry yogurt. Are you chewing into the microphone just so they can hear you? Because nobody wants to hear that. They don't know what's happening. No visual uh, aid. Right, yeah. You enjoy the cupcake. I'll describe what's happening. Chris is now licking the icing. So he's literally doing that thing where he's taking a bit of the cake before he has a big bite of everything at once. The blueberry has been devoured. Um, yeah, and I'm going to take a big bite. And it has been absorbed very quickly. I, am very, I know you said don't worry about crumbs, but I'm cautious now. I mean, it's because you're so lovely, neat and tidy. I know. Enjoy. Mmm. I am going to pour myself a side complimentary naughty drink. Cobra. Okay. Special occasion. Special occasion. Well, people listening, this is lovely. And what I will say about some cupcakes and sponges and stuff, sometimes when you get to the nitty gritty and you get to the middle, sometimes it can be a little bit dry. But what I will say is about cakes, cupcakes here, this is not dry at all. This is beautiful, beautiful. Fun fact, so my wife's name is Kate and her maiden name is Dunn. And she did actually, at one point in her life, start a cake business called Cake Done. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, so there you go. And I noticed, so if you don't know Chris, folks, if this is your first time listening to us, Chris has his own popular YouTube channel, uh, 4,000 subscribers, CM42TV, on YouTube. Uh, and occasionally you will see um, Chris talking about books with his sister, Rachel. And uh, Rachel picked up a book in one of their haul videos recently by an author called Catherine Dunn, which right. is my wife's name, although right. it's, it's cool. now Fraser, of course. But um, just one of those weird things. I like it when you come across your name elsewhere. There's a famous whiskey called Glenn Fraser. Very nice. Are, are there any famous Chris Moffats out there? No, but there's obviously Stephen Moffat, who wrote Doctor Who. Who's no your dad. Who's <laughs> not my dad. <laughs> who wrote Doctor Who. Um, there's Scarlett Moffat. Who was on Amazon to get me out of here and and deck and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, many, there was a wrestler called Moffat from Canada. I think it like Stampede mm-hmm. so back in the 80s or something. You've got a lot of famous Chris's and there's only one famous Glenn in wrestling. Yeah, that's but true. There's a couple of famous Glenn's. Glenn Gilberti, Disco Inferno. Is that his real name? Yeah. Did you know, did you know that Glenn Gilberti, apparently Disco Inferno's real name, folks, did you know that he was originally going to play Jerry Lawler in Man of the Moon? Really? Yeah, and so Lawler talks about this in his autobiography, which is really weird because right now I'm still going through, slowly but surely, my um, 2002 watch-along. Quick pause on this anecdote. Cupcake verdict. Very good. I'll give it a strong 9 out of 10. Oh, um, side verdict. Did you know that Brock Lesnar called the F5 the verdict in New Japan? 
I feel or, like I did know that, or, or maybe it was, it was in Japan though. Was it New Japan University? It was in New, New Japan, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I'm doing this 2002 watch along right now, and the, we're getting a lot of stuff with um, because Lawler's book's just come out, mm-hmm. and so he's plugging it constantly on Raw. He's always got it in his hands. Lots of stuff of him signing and things like that. Um, in the same way that Mick Foley did when Have a Nice Day came out back in '99. Yeah. He did go crazy with the promotion. Yeah. Now, I read Lawler's book when I was about 12 or 13 on holiday as a wee boy. And, you know, much like the Mick Foley book, there was a lot of language that I learned for the first time reading that book as such a, a young man. And can imagine. Uh, none of which I can repeat on what is supposed to be a relatively clean podcast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's where he tells the story that Disco Inferno was cast as Jerry Lawler in the, um, in the movie. And Lawler was the one that kicked off, according to him, and said, why not cast me? And the producers were like, fine, you are 20 years older now, or right. not 20 years, it was more like 10 or 15 years. So when was the coffin stuff? See, I don't know. 80. About... Definitely 80s. Mm-hmm. I want to say, like. So it was nearly Before 20. WrestleMania, like, I reckon it was like 83. Because Man of the Moon came out in 90... 99. 99. And not to turn this into uh, the Good Bit podcast. Right. Another great podcast, by the way. Great podcast. Yeah, it's really. I can go. Right. <laughs> I love <laughs> the Good Bit podcast. Uh, they're doing School of Rock. It'll be out, I'm sure, by the time this yeah, is yeah. out. Uh, go and listen to it, folks. Um, but Jim Carrey has to be one of my absolute all-time favourite actors. Good girl. And um, uh, there, there's not a Jim Carrey movie that I don't like. There are some that I like more than others. You know, Dumb and Dumber 2 is quite low on the true, list true. for me. Um, but, I mean, Man in the Moon was the first exposure I got to his depth as an actor and his versatility, not just the great comic actor. Uh, and obviously he's done other things, Number 23, Eternal Sunshine, etc. But that was um, right up there and it's great. I mean, that would be another really good one to do in the good bit if you and I uh, ever teamed up with Aaron and did a crossover episode. Yeah, That's which we will classic. do. I keep forgetting to mention it to him. Mm. Um, uh, Favourite Jim Carrey film then? Because mm. I would say Man in the Moon, but I think it has to be Eternal Sunshine. I love the Eternal Sunshine, but my favourite is the Truman Show. Oh, of course it is. The Truman Show is the best. Truman I, I've, film. Te- I've taught it. It's, I've taught it. It's so versatile. Yes, amazing. So, so, dear listener, Chris is an actor. I'm a teacher. If you hadn't picked up from the amazing theme song, which we had performed live in this room, in this room, as you started, and we managed to put the instruments down just in time to start. <laughs> um, I find that I can teach that to first year, and I can teach it to sixth year for their higher English. Right. Uh, it's. Everyone, there is not one class and not one pupil that I've taught that that text to, and they've not got something out of it. Like it's such a powerful thing. Everything from the music to the the philosophy and the ethical issues that it explores. So as much as this is the wrestling connection, dear listener, <laughs> if you're going to watch any Jim Carrey film, Man of the Moon is amazing and REM are fantastic. Yes. Um, but go and watch the Truman Show. We did. Did I do the Trimmy show on the podcast? Not yet. I did actually a YouTube series. Um, I got a movie poster. It was like mm. 100 movies you must see before you die sort of thing. Bucket list movie poster. I think number four on that list is the Trimmy show. So I, re- mm. I reviewed that in like 2018. And then I showed Sister Rachel it for the first time in lockdown. And we did like a wee video about it and stuff. So it is what I go back to every year or so. When you say Sister Rachel, I think of Mother Teresa. I just imagine right. Rachel and like the nun get up. She doesn't like it when I call it. That's a good coffee, by the way. Um, yeah, she, never, she doesn't like it when I call it that, but um, listen, it's my show. I feel like when we kicked this off, I got, oh, this is different. And now that I've poured my drinks and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm here now. Yeah, I was, I was, Glenn was asking if this is like what I do 
well, I did before COVID with the good bit, but I'd be like a travelling host and I'd take my microphone elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I also feel a bit like Jericho just now because yeah. he like travels to people's houses and sets up and then just records and then leaves. So maybe that was kind of like a plan early 2020 I was going to do that and try and interview some actors and stuff and mm-hmm. try and get exposure that way. But then, of course, COVID happened and now we're here. But listen, mm-hmm. this is um, as simple as it gets. We could have all the fancy equipment yeah. and individual microphones, but we can leave that for the remote stuff. Absolutely. Should we um, talk about each other's weeks? Yeah, please do. Tell me about your week. Tell me what's been going on. Um, you mentioned last week that you were doing some sex ed. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you <laughs> want to talk about that. One of, the, one of the jokes I was first told when I got into teaching, because so when you qualify and you train as a teacher, folks, uh, you are told very early on that you will specialise, even whether you're a primary teacher or whether you specialise in secondary teaching for a subject like myself, it's English or geography, mm. drama, whatever it may be. You're always reminded that in Scotland, literacy, numeracy and health and wellbeing is the responsibility of all teachers. Right. And so that's why I find myself with a health and wellbeing class and that includes, you know, talking about things like drugs or mental health and it also includes sex. Yes. And... Um, which I'm sure was a big part of Jerry Lawler's book back in when oh, you were yeah. 13. Like, see, when I say I learned a few things from Jerry Lawler's book at the age of 13, <laughs> and this was before the internet was a thing on phones, folks. I need to be very, very blunt about right. this. Uh, I, yeah, so if you want a colourful introduction to the, the, the world of multiple lovers, then yes, it's good to be the king sometimes. <laughs> colourful introduction. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a safe thing to call it. Oh my god, it, it probably is a terrible thing to read now. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're right. Mm. You're right. That may be interesting. To I don't even have my coffee, of, my coffee of it anymore, so I need to. I'll, I'll try and get my hands on one. He's got. Bit. He's got a really interesting story though. Like he does being yeah. top guy and booker and stuff of Memphis, and then the whole. And then he was this hybrid for a long time because he's always yeah. been consistently part of Memphis, and then he was the the big hero in Memphis at the same time as he was. Um, like a bad guy heel on Raw yeah and, and then, commentating on Raw he's going back and doing main events and, and Vince stuff. McMahon was showing up in Memphis as a heel character before yeah, Mr McMahon absolutely. even existed that blew my mind that's really interesting yeah I had no idea about that yeah and that's the thing with Lawler being the commentator and stuff he's always still you know wrestling on the independence and stuff like that and mm. he, he always say that he'd go and do the commentary gig in his gear just in case someone got injured or something yeah. no we need King we need King and he was like yes please just let me do something it's just he's, he never really loved the whole commentary gig he just wanted to be a performer. I know, you know, but there's multiple generations of fans now that know him as the commentator. That's all I know him as, really. Like, mm. obviously, I've seen some of his in-ring stuff. I, I always liked when they like uh, used JR and King for storylines and stuff. Mm. The matches aren't great, but like it was a nice wee storyline because you felt as if you connected to them. Yeah, you know, especially JR. Did you just say connected? Yeah, I did. <laughs> On the wrestling connection podcast live. Thing. Live from the living room. <laughs> uh, so, uh, where was it going with that? Sex ed. With sex ed. Right. So, I was told, you know, health and well-being, responsibility of all teachers. So, you might be in this situation. You might be a geography teacher, but you might have to talk to kids about uh, contraception, etc. And I'm never that bashful about talking about that stuff. And I don't, I certainly don't get embarrassed doing the sex education things. And, and I've actually enjoyed the lessons because as soon as the kids find out that you're not embarrassed, right, it, it removes a layer of it. Because at first they, they're expecting you to say the big words uh, and they're expecting you to be timid or feeble about it. And then it very quickly flips on its head. So if you're getting too graphic, uh, one thing I noticed that when you have to do the demonstration, right, uh, yeah. with the model and the prophylactic. Uh, Is it the big one to use as a teacher? Yes, you? you model it with the condom and the model and you, you show them how to do it and you've, they've got instructions of the best practice and then you say, does anybody want to come up and try it? Mm. And 
all the really bold as brass ones are like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. Aye. And honestly, it broke my heart. Like one after another, they would come up and then they would start shaking and they got really anxious. Yeah. And I and then even though some of these kids were ones that had been really disruptive, my sympathy, my heart really filled up for them. So then I was saying to the other kids, I don't see you up here. Look at what he's doing. He's doing an yeah. absolute class act job. And so then I went to do it. The words now got out that I don't mind teaching it, so now I'm doing it for all the other classes. <laughs> so I ended up doing it again today. Uh, and uh, it was um, we we had to end just before the demonstration, so we're coming back to that next week. Uh, and I'm I'm expecting the same thing because they're all bold as brass. Hey, Mr. Fraser's right. coming in with his condom. And like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's the episode title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, and I think that's the thing. Because it's like this big funny thing. It's like a novelty, yeah. ha ha ha, uh, and you become and you get to see the person, what who they who they truly are behind closed doors, but they mm. get really, like emotional and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think, as you say, people then are keen to ask questions and stuff because yeah. they want to feel like it's something comfortable. And they want to feel like it's comfortable to talk about. Yeah. Um, and normalising that, I think, is the way forward because you're just brought up. Yeah. This generation is has been grown up on and, and glamorising movies and stuff where this has been made to seem like oh it's really funny and really embarrassing and stuff mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is it's just another part of the school curriculum exactly and I, I've realised actually how passionate I am about doing this properly and you know there was one or two occasions in the lesson today where a couple of boys had to get booted out and had to be talking to outside just, just more because they are just being noisy or disruptive and during sex ed? during the sex ed right. yeah and so they got booted out and I, and I said to one of the boys listen laughing is fine you're, you're expected to laugh at this Aye. you just can't be shouting the F word or whatever it may be you know um, and so when I levelled with them that way it could have got them on board um, but the, the, what I was going to say though is that the joke that I heard that was told when I got into teaching was that you need to be careful with your language seems like an obvious point right um, and this is where you understand and you come to learn the difference between education and training you know training is quite linear education is wholesome and if a child goes home and said I did sex education today teacher of the parents will be like oh that's good that's wholesome that's that's what you need to know if they go home and they say i did sex training today right different story altogether so like language oh. is everything details are everything <laughs> and that was the way that they opened up the uh, the lectures at university on sex education so right okay that was one of my houses this week but i have one more and i know we're 90 minutes in but no, I'm don't worry about time don't worry about time don't worry um my dad's uh, has been clearing out cupboards and now that we're allowed to go indoors I was in my dad's house for the first time in forever uh, and a couple of treasures are here that I know we're <laughs> an audio podcast I know we'll do some form of video with this yes. stuff so this is one of the treasures now you can see what this is Chris but I'm going to put this right up to the microphone so the listeners can tell me what this is Etc. Is that Pokemon? It's Pokemon. It's my Game Boy Color. I've actually got two here. One was my brother's when I was growing up. Uh, and the, it still works. Both of them still work. And most of the cartridges still have... Okay, I'm just going to leave it. Most of the cartridges still have their save files on it. So oh my, my God. Pokemon from 20, 21, 22 years ago are still there. Like, there, some of these games are, like, older than... Who's a really young wrestler right now? MGF. Older than MGF. I love MGF. Oh, he's the best. Oh, my God. This was, I know we went on about blood and guts a couple of weeks ago, or last yeah. week was it, but the purpose was to make him a star, and he's that's happening on an increasing level week in, week out. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes I look at him, and people like him in Darby Allen and stuff, and I'm just like, oh, you guys are so talented, Jungle Boy. I love Ricky Starks. I mm-hmm. think he is going to be 
a massive start, and it's a shame he's just been injured. Actually, I think he's got a surgery in his knee or something. Same with mm. Miz. Miz is out for like nine oh, months. You put him in there with zombies. What do you expect to happen? What did you make of that? Okay, right. Are we going to talk about zombies? Okay, yeah, we'll come I, back to I, the treasure I, trove. Right. I feel like I feel like I know where you're going to go with this, and I wanted you to talk about it. Uh, right. What's the big deal? I, f- I forgot we were watching an Oscar film during WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah. Right, Chris. I have said passionately for the longest of times that pro wrestling in the United States of America is characteristically, since Vince McMahon took it national in the 1980s, been a variety show. Right. That has been what pro wrestling's look most lucrative model has been. Yes, fringe companies have grown and specialised in um, specific genres of wrestling, like Ring of Honor, like um, uh, ECW, right. um, like TNA in the noughties to an extent. But the most t- profitable model that has been proven time and time again was exemplified by World Championship Wrestling, the World Wrestling Federation, now the World Wrestling Entertainment. And, you know, if AEW wants to get bigger, they're going to have to embrace that as well. They don't really right now, but they are still a bit of a variety show, but not to the same extent as WWE. And here's the other thing. It's the wrestling business. It's not just about the wrestling, and I hate to upset that guy to whom it is still real, damn it! It's the wrestling business. And business is important. Endorsements are important. How cool was it having Batista narrate the opener? Really cool. I get it. It was campy. It was stupid. But here's my point. Are you okay with The Fiend? Are you okay with Kane and The Undertaker shooting lightning out of their hands? Are yeah. you okay with Kane lifting his arms and in fire getting immersed? But you can't grasp the possibility that zombies could eat the Miz and put them on the shelf. Yeah. I didn't think it was the match of the night. It was It was probably the worst match from a technical aspect on the pay-per-view uh, because it was such a good show. It was a good show. But it was also one of the most memorable parts of the night. And I'm sorry. I hate to be Mr. Contrarian and I hate to be WWE apologist or whatever I may get labeled for this. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was stupid. And that sometimes that's what I love about wrestling. I thought it was funny too. And I'll tell you why. I was... Not that it's a real problem or anything, but I was thinking about something when I was watching the match before, which was the tag match. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was great, by the way. The yeah, story of that match story. was brilliant. Um, and a match that you don't really see very often like that. Um, and I was thinking about something that was bothering me and I just couldn't get it out of my head. And, I was, and that the match actually took me away from that. And I was like, great. It was a great tag match. The match finished, there was like a promo or something, I was going back thinking about the thing I had to do this week, and I was like, oh god. And I was still thinking about it, and then this match started, I was like, Damien Priest and The Miz, I'm not bothered mm. about this match really, I'm not really invested in this story. If there's going to be a toilet break match on this show, then this mm. would be the one for me anyway. So I was still, I was thinking about this thing I was going to do this week. And then I saw the zombie thing, and I was like, here we go again. And then as it went on, I kept catching myself looking at it and laughing, looking at it, laughing, and it completely took my mind off my mm. problems. There you go. It completely took my mind off the thing I was worried about. And I was totally invested and I wanted to hear the commentary. Cody Graves, we've actually came to a safer location that's not ringside. <laughs> so you mean just over to the side a little bit. Yeah. Things like that, I, you know, it wasn't my favourite match. I, I talked about the Fiend stuff, how you know, I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan and stuff. And I like the character thing, but mm. maybe the matches weren't so much for me. But I understood the point of them and understood mm. why they did them. And I could also understand people's frustrations with them. But again, it's a variety show. Yeah. Um, same feelings here, you know. I'm never going to watch this match again. But I might. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should get Kate to watch it. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Although she doesn't like horror, so she might. Oh yeah, she might watch it. But the thing is, there was no blood and guts. Pardon the pun. But but you know, I like that though. Don't you? You were saying blood and guts set the business back thirty years. I know. 
And then people are saying zombies. Oh, that's just said the business back thirty years. I don't understand <laughs> either of those arguments. You know, I, know, I, I don't know, understand I know. either of them. And as zombies go in pro wrestling, you know, this could be a new faction led by the zombie of ECW yes. sci-fi fame. We are relaunching ECW on sci-fi again with the Monster Mash Battle Royal uh, <laughs> and the zombie versus the Sandman from the Spider-Man films. Right, you need to go back to your uh, treasure chest stuff that you found. Treasure chest, so um, the Game Boy was one of them. And man, like the first thing I'm going to say about the Game Boy Color, for anyone who ever had one as a child, I'm not talking about the Game Boy Advance, the Advance SP, which may be, may be more your time. I definitely had the Advance, not yeah. the XP. Um, is, first of all, it's so small. And second of all, the screen has no backlight. It's so dim. And it, <laughs> we actually, I remember being on holiday and putting my head over a beach towel, under a beach towel, not over a beach towel. Right. So that I could see so it. you could see it, yeah. And it's... Um, a sign that we're kind of spoiled by the brightness of smartphone screens now that I'm really struggling to, to really take and that's also just had that effect on our eyes yeah in general absolutely. you know um, so that that was a joy but um, a couple of other things there's this guy here who I don't know if you can describe what we're looking at here Chris so we have a bald bionic redneck with a kind of camouflage jacket and jeans mm-hmm. and it looks like the camouflage jacket that he was hit with a car hit so I, I should stress Chris didn't specify anything to do with the action figure nature of this we do not literally have Steve Austin <laughs> didn't with us. Um, <laughs> this um, so uh, way back in like episode one or two we spoke about our respective wrestling stories uh, and we've also talked about wrestling figures here and there and um all of my old wrestling figure collection I gave away, um, and it was a total Toy Story free moment. You know, right, absolutely. Like when I handed them over, I had one last goodbye with them, and I gave them all away, except for one, my first one, which I got in '99 or two. I got it in 2000 because this is his clothes that he wore at the Raw Go Home Raw for WrestleMania 15. Okay, his attire for that. Okay, uh, with the beer truck. Yeah, great um, point. Yeah, and uh, the Woolworths in St Andrews. Alright, um, R.I.P. Indeed. I um I was taken in there with my granny. I was told I could get one toy, and for months up until the point I'd been dreaming, fantasizing about having wrestling figures, like couldn't stop thinking about it. Robert had loads. Robert, we should go Robert up here. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, we could do that for the for the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. Robert had loads. A bunch of pals would bring them into school, and I I was I never had any at that point, and this was my first one, and he's the one that kicked off my fed, and then I realised I've got one wait a minute, I can't have any matches. Right. I've just got Steve Austin. So for a while, Steve Austin was wrestling like Dragonflies and Major Chip Hazard from Small Soldiers. Oh, he was just cutting promos. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that too. Doing the wee head bob. You can't do... There's never been an Austin figure that can do the wee head wobble. Why like not? This. You know, that why seems, not? Or you should have one with a wee button that goes... <laughs> and you can do a D'Lo Brown figure that does the same exactly. thing. Exactly. You should have a D'Lo Brown and Stone Cold Steve Austin head bobbing two-pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... Uh, Eventually, I would get a Shane McMahon from Toys R Us and Govan, uh, and that that would be the first. For, so for the first few months of my figure fed, every main event was Steve Austin versus Shane McMahon. But because not, was, not every main event, every match. Every match. <laughs> um, it's like, do you remember the story about that TNA house show in like 2011 or 2012, where most of the roster couldn't make it? So it was just like the Dudley Boys and like another tag team. So they had Devon versus one guy, then Bubba Ray versus another, and then they mixed the combinations. Then the main event was the tag, tag match. <laughs> company brilliant has, has done some right carny stuff <laughs> um uh but it was the shane mcmahon when, figure from when he was feuding with x-pac and he had the right. x-punk so right. sometimes i would pretend he was x-pac <laughs> so sometimes it'd be steve austin versus x-pac he couldn't look any different either <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Oh, well. But, you know, a lot of people, if you had figures, dear listener, a lot of people did this. They would dub duplicate people or they would dub make recast figures. My Jamie Noble was my John Cena because of his jorts. And he was right. the Jamie Noble figure was, like, jacked, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, he was. My, my Perry Saturn was my Randy Orton simply because he had similar trunks and tattoos. Yeah. And uh, Major Chip Hazard from Small Soldiers was right. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> My Hunter Hearst Hemsley, like DX era 99 Shawn, uh, Triple H with the long trunks right, yeah. was Shawn Michaels because I got a better Triple H. And Okay, I'm just saying, and Triple H, but you got Triple H. That's got Triple H eventually. So yeah, the, the, doing the DX reunion was awkward for a while when they were both the same figure. It's not that clever WrestleMania 9 of the two doinks. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the, the glory days of the figure feds, we had to be creative, you know. I used to do like just storylines, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I'd, I'd take a break from the fed shows and I would just have storylines and stuff, which was a lot of fun. I actually found a video on an old hard drive that I'd, I'd like filmed a whole show that I'd done in the figures. Mm-hmm. And the opening oh, yeah. matches Maven versus Shad Gaspard. Oh, rest in peace, Shad. <laughs> Winner goes to WrestleMania to face the WWE champion, which was Christoph Hero, which was me. So, wait, you wrestled your own figures? Uh, no, well, I had a figure, I believe it was Chris Masters, uh, the action figure, because, <laughs> because on, the, on, on his boots it said CM. Oh my god, that's amazing! Which is, which is my real initials, but not Christoph Hero's initials. <laughs> I need the CH. But yeah, it was Chris Masters, um, and that mean the one I recorded was against Punk. Um, See, I think if I'd never cast myself in my own figure fed, but if I'd done it, I definitely would have picked a Jeff Hardy figure, not because he looks anything like me, but just because I wanted to be him. I had I had my own characters, actually, that I'd made. I had a lot of Hardy Boys figures, and they had like really cool um, scopes, like, with a... I don't know, like the Hardy the, Boys the, trousers. The trousers, yes. Yeah. There, was, it, there was no other figures that had that leg model. They, it was only right. them because of their baggy... Why, though? They could have probably used that for other figures, but I guess they're the ones that wore those yeah. trousers. I don't know. So there was lots of different characters played by Matt and Jeff. Uh, more so Matt had more, for some reason had more Matt than Jeff but mm. um, yes we did a whole episode in wrestling figures I think it's episode 6 see I was going to ask like you that this is a lovely problem to have we're now in 58 I genuinely couldn't remember if we'd done a figure episode or not yeah we have uh, have we? I don't think we have yes we have we have oh dear uh, yes we did it was episode 30 it was episode 30 right. it was a big round one let me just double check though could we do talk about it we could do another one mm. you know what I mean but what I love is, is skimming through I'm looking through the episodes now I love skimming through them all and seeing so many different like titles and episode lengths and things yeah. like that. We have a, a good back catalogue now that we've been going for nearly 68 weeks in a row. Uh, but yes, episode 30 is Wrestling Figures. Okay, well go and listen to it folks, because I sure as hell haven't... <laughs> I must have listened to it. Yeah, I think it was a good one. By the way, you said 30, we just passed the 30 minute mark. Uh, listen, I'm a pro, I'm a pro. I have one more um, treasure, if, that, if I may. Please. Um... When I was 14, I went to California. I've got family there. And um, we spent a day crossing the border to Tijuana. And in my head the whole time, I had the song Cross the Borders by Rey Mysterio from the WWE Originals (laughs) album. One of the previous, uh, what I'm thankful for in wrestling segments. Yes. Suggested by Glenn. If you haven't listened to that record, folks, go listen to it and buy on Amazon or eBay the CD that comes with the Bones DVD where Jim Johnson and Jonathan Coachman are in the studio together with Steve Austin is gold. I mean, Jim Johnson's a legend, right? But he does seem a bit dull. Bitter. No, he's not. He's dull, but he also seems bitter. Did he not say something about the CFOs and like the music sucks now or something? Yeah, why? The music doesn't suck. Just be happy for them. Finn you know? Balor, Sinsuke Nakamura. He's got... Undisputed Era. I have nothing but respect for Jim Johnson, but he's got a case of what I like to call the Bret Hart syndrome. Okay. I.e., you have got nothing to prove. You've achieved so much in your field, but yet you still feel that you need to be so bitter about a yeah. lot of people. That's a difference. I, I still get fascinated listening to Brett talk, though. 
Like, see yeah. the way he just is so set in his ways? Mm-hmm. I find it really interesting. I mean, he looks great for a man in his right. age. You know? Right. And I had a stroke and all that stuff mm. before, you know. Um, but Jim Johnson did an interview with friend of the show Chris Van Vliet recently. Of course, yeah. I and I, I haven't watched the full thing, but when I clicked on it, I watched the first five minutes, I was like, he is quite dry. And- he, he seemed like Van Vliet was boring him. By one to ask the questions. Like, well, do you want to play the Undertaker thing? Okay. See, I don't think, because Chris Van Vliet is anything but boring, as, yeah. as we know, you know. Um, friend of the show. Friend of the show. He introduced last week. week a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he's yeah. done a few. We should do another one, by the way. We should get mm-hmm. another one soon. Probably do a couple Anyway, tell us about the Tijuana trip. So the Tijuana trip, um, I got shouted at by a Mexican man for taking a picture of his donkey, which he dressed <laughs> up as a zebra. Like, he painted a donkey. Uh, and <laughs> what he actually, an ass. You actually had to pay to take pictures of it. And I just took a picture of it on my uh, disposable camera in 2005. Um, And uh, got some churros. We went to a bar and everyone, including my 15-year-old brother, got an alcoholic margarita except for me. I got a non-alcoholic. Yes, very good following the the, the rules and the law. There's not much of the rules and law, really. (laughs) Especially in 2005. Not in 2005, (laughs) right. But you know why I was excited to go to Mexico. It was because of the Lucia Libre tradition. And I kid you not, imagine, you ever been to the Barrows in Glasgow? Yeah, of course. In the market. Uh, imagine that market, but every stall sells wrestling masks. Of every wrestler who wore a mask ever. Just masks though, like nothing else. Just oh, masks. well you get, there was like fake autographs and stuff everywhere. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. Loads of them. And the figures that were like the Lucha dolls and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And there was actually no effort to have any consistency with the fake signatures. There was one stall that had two Rey Mysterio signed 8 by 10s with totally different signatures on them. <laughs> now, I've since met Rey Mysterio, and right. none of those resemble the one that I've got for him. Yeah, I was going to suggest doing a meet a wrestler today, but I thought that's probably better when we're like in different houses. But if we do it here, I can bring you the autograph. Oh, so, uh, yes. Well, we're running late. We're running late. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, dear listener, we'll see what happens. If it doesn't happen this week, just you wait. Yeah, we'll do it next week. Um, so, mm. it'd be good if we can get to episode 619. And uh, you could talk about Rey Mysterio, but that'll be a wee well. I can't wait for us to get to episode 83 and we can do a Bischoff special. <laughs> so... Um, I uh, I looked at loads of different stands and masks and uh, it was hard to get a Rey Mysterio Jr. mask that actually looked the part but this is hand stitched and it's um, made from roughly the same Mysterio, Mysterio? material as Rey Mysterio's actual masks um, it's not as precise you know the stitching's coming out in places oh but I love that though it looks great though and uh, it fits better now than it did when I was 14 uh, and <laughs> uh, I'm going to wear it to work one day uh, next then, non-uniform day next non-uniform day uh, when I don't have to wear a mask in the face but uh, and the yeah. guy sold it to me well to my dad who I begged for it and he's like Rey Mysterio Jr. is number one in the USA and it's like I know I've just been there <laughs> um, so yeah it looks great I'm not going to put it on right now because nobody wants to hear me trying to squeeze into a mask but I will show you a picture Chris that we can put on okay. the socials y- do you ever um, have any of those old obviously did you're a big magazine fan mm-hmm. um, that's very good and you're wearing your work clothes too that's what it's going to look like when <laughs> you're not work changed <laughs> Um, on, at the old WWE magazines they'd have like new merchandise on ShopZone or whatever yeah. and there was always like a selection of masks and that yeah. was really nostalgic looking at that because it's like yeah. there was like the blue one the red one the green one do you want to touch it? yeah I do want to touch it yeah. oh, it, it does feel hand stitched but not in a tacky way though it doesn't yeah. look cheap you know I mean if you measured it it's maybe uneven but it's not it's not made by machine it, you know because they don't have the resources for that you know it's yeah my, uh, my cousin uh, wise cousin Graham that was responsible for Gave me into wrestling back mm. in 2000 or 2001 uh, he went to Mexico at one point and brought me back a, a blue and red mask and he was the one that was that, that formed the character CM Generico in my backyard wrestling company <laughs> so what I would do is, is I'd get a Nike jumper 
put a pillow up my jumper so I looked a little bit different in terms of weight-wise than Christoph Hero, and I put on the mask, and I was just going to lose all the time. I was going to be like a job guy. <laughs> but it turned out to be a comedy character. I just started doing daft things. Well, there you are. There, there you have it. Um, so yeah, that that was my treasure trove. There's, I love a, it. there's a bunch of stuff at dad still, but like the the mask, the Steve Austin figure, I just I had to take. You know, I, I went specifically looking for the Game Boys, and, and you know, in light of the podcast and what this show has meant to me over the last uh, year and a bit, uh, I couldn't know I couldn't leave them to gather dust any longer. So I love that. they're gonna have pride in place in the Glen Den from now on. Yeah. Cool, I know Stone Cold Steve Austin now has a pal up there with Scotty Tohoti. They can have some classic five star yeah. matches. Scotty's here. So yeah. Um, Wait a minute. Speaking of those trousers, no, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's nah. th- that's a decent figure, by the way. Like for that but time, the detail. Like. What what run would have this been? What era? Because it's got like the the Titantron cover on it, and it's hmm. got like the 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 kind of Tron era. I don't know. I'm gonna guess it's like a 2001 Heat series mm-hmm. two or something. You know, nothing really. See, the hair is of that era, but the trousers, I thought, was more of his later, 03, All 04, right. maybe. But yeah. it doesn't matter. It's Scotty, and I love him. Yeah. I do love Scotty to watch. A good theme song, of course. Classic mm. theme song. And speaking of theme songs, last week we were talking about meeting Seamus, or I was talking about meeting Seamus. Mm. And uh, did you notice that at the end of the episode, I played this theme song in full? I didn't notice quite how Irish the singer was because I've only ever heard it in like on in the arena of all the crowd yeah. noise and he doesn't use that theme anymore. But it's really like this. Too many limes. Yeah. And uh, too many limes? <laughs> Is that the word? It's too many lies, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing around 2012 where people were saying, what are the lyrics of this song? Um it's a shameful thing Lobsterhead was going about in that song. It's a shameful thing. Lobsterhead <laughs> Too many limes, too many limes. Um, no, but remember, I was talking about the thing in, in the story how we were waiting for Seamus. Oh, dear. And they played the theme song all the way through and it didn't show up. Yeah. So I played the theme song the whole way through at the end of the episode just to make myself laugh. No what, what you should have done is at the very end had a, like a wee, hello fella. <laughs> you know, just, just for the people who listen to the very end, which is, let's face it, nobody. No, I hope people listen to the whole song and, and were reminded how good of a tune that song is. is good. And I was. I was reminded. That sparked this week's top five. We've got a top five. So I, I top five every week now. Going forward, okay. I'm trying to challenge myself, and I don't want to think about it throughout the week. I want to try and just go. Right. Okay. Right. So I was listening to this last night, the Seamus song, and I was like, "What a great like first theme." Mm-hmm. So there, there's the top five. Top five first themes. Now I mean very first theme. I'm not talking like burning my light, Randy Orton. I mean like the original. Really like generic rock song, well, but that logic brought Lesnar's first scene was the Jamie Noble thing. Was it really? And Randy Orton used that at some point as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've got I've got five here. These may, probably aren't like the greatest five ever, right? I just five I could think of that it's I thought a personal were really good. List. Bef- but I don't even want to claim these as my all-time favorites because I might think of all the good ones later. Right, but then right. again, I need to tell myself when I do these things. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, uh, number five on my top five original first themes for wrestlers. It's called Damnation by Jim Johnson. The first RVD WWE oh. song. <laughs> yes. Now, one of a kind is one of a kind. Great song. Yeah. I love it. But there's something I like about this. They tried to copy the ECW song, which was Walk by Pantera. Right. Okay. So that was my question. I'm not a big ECW guy. Right. I just assumed that that was his ECW theme. No. That, and the reason one of a kind came in is because WWF were like, we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the ECW theme was a, like a, a big song. In which the, they did the not chance. have the rights to. They did to. not have the rights to. Right, okay. And if you watch any like ECW footage on the network, it's like clearly dubbed over because mm. it's like a Pantera song and ECW were just doing these things. It, Paul Heyman recently mentioned that on Talking Smack about New Jack, mm-hmm. RIP, recently. 
Um, he said that they play this theme song the whole way through. That's like the things that they used to do. And they had no rights to the song. They were just hoping no one noticed and no one yeah. complained. It happened a lot. It's like Tony Khan's doing that right now, but he's like buying the rights to some songs, yeah. which I love. I love when wrestlers like, like Metalingus and Cult of Personality, mm. like songs being bought, the rights being bought mm. to use, you know? So uh, Dean, uh, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley's new song, Wild Thing by The Trogs, I think. Is he using that now? Yeah. It's his new theme song, and they've just bought the rights to it. It's not a very high energy song. Wild thing. Dun, dun. Yeah. To be fair, he came out on Dynamite and it was pretty cool. I'll yeah. need to go back and watch it because, like, Moxley, when, when Moxley I love his got his first solo theme in WWE, he said to WWE that he wanted it to be like Motley Crue. He right. wanted it to be like um, Kickstart My Heart, which is. <laughs> you know, that song is an absolute banger. Like, go and listen to it. Yeah. And you can see they've, they've tried to do that with the Moxley, the, the Dean Ambrose swing with the. Yeah, it's the car driving and then. and then. But then it kind of loses it. And then with the uh, his first AEW theme. I like it. I liked it too, um, but Trog's wild thing. I did, did that didn't seem like a an Ambrose thing. Yeah, at, at it works. I will say okay, it works because it. I wasn't familiar with the song before. Really, it's a classic. My age, yeah. Um, so there you go, and then actually, we were, me and Paul were watching it, and I, he was like singing along the song, and I was like, "How do you know that song?" And I didn't. Mm. So yeah, so there you go. Um, so where was I going with that? Uh, Dean Ambrose, Young Milk. So yeah, so they're buying the rights to the songs. Mm-hmm. So he had that ECW song. WWE didn't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So they just made this version, which mm-hmm. is... And then, of course, one of the kind came later. Yeah. Uh, and that Pantera song says things like, What do you say? Which oh. is where they got it from in one of the kind. Anyway, number four is the aforementioned The Shameless Song, written in me face. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love it came on WWE The Music Volume 9 or something like oh, that I lost track by that point yeah so uh, as we talked about earlier on good tune I like the wee jing the jig that's at the beginning of it which yes. I've forgotten about I've but forgotten cut. number 3 on my list is 619 is original okay who's that jumping out the sky IEY Mysterio here we go when the masks out the girls they pass out the boys just black out better tap out <laughs> I listened to that on the WWE Anthology album so much. We were going to say, before we started to record, that we can sing together now because there's no wee delay. So we can, like, <laughs> we can sing to each other. Up the top rope and the next thing you know. You'll be on the floor. What you going to do when you're on, on your back? For me, body slam. Something on your back. <laughs> Where's the ref? Straight from the WWE. Know how much trouble you see when you face the man of mystery. Right, so that was one of my Classic. Yeah, he's had so many different variations, hasn't he, of that song? Mm. The one he uses now, though, is still, still cool. How mad is it that he's tag team champions with Dominic... Dominic Guerrero. From SummerSlam 05. Like, <laughs> okay, number two, I have On The Edge. Dum, you think you know me. The original Edge song. The kind of mysterious... So, the slowed one, not the one that became... That, that was eventually Edge and Christian's theme. It's like the it's one like just before down. that. It's, like, it's, it's, it's that, though, but it's much slower. slower. And it's got more of the female vocals there. Who do you think you are? We are weird, or whatever the same. You are lost. Yeah, you are lost. You are lost. Scared. scared. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen the, the seductive eyes Glenn gave me when he said that. <laughs> you are scared. Kill me when she hears this back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and number one, original theme songs. I, I, this is kind of cheating, really, because this is another purchased song. But I've gone with This Fire Burns by Killswitch Engage, CM Punk's first song. Randy Orton's uh, but Randy Orton used that too yeah but I mean like Punk used it yeah. as before he used the cop personality that's stuff. a tune um, I just that's the first one I thought of maybe it's cheating because it's a bought song I didn't think about that but these are all like written songs for the wrestlers mm-hmm. um, and I was saying that to, to my pal Kieran who is listening to the show and, and gave us some nice comments the other night 
uh, that I've just read to Glenn, by the way. Um, it's just amazing how these songs are made and they're like classic songs and they're written for a wrestler. Because mm. like This Fire Burns and Cool Personality and Metalingus, they're all bought and stuff like that. But I mean, even the CFO songs, like the Shinsuke, like, they, yeah. they wrote that from scratch for Nakamura. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, like, how talented these people are. Exactly. And my mind keeps going back to Beyond the Mat, where you just see Jim Johnson going, you know, Vader's like a big guy, big steps, like, oh, da 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 And so, um, but on the, on the contrast, some people have terrible first songs. Right, and of course Here's an example. Samoa Joe's first WWE theme in NXT. What the hell was that? Sounded like a kind of tribal rap kind of thing. <laughs> Did not suit at all. Yeah, I wonder what or where. I wonder where he'll go, mm-hmm. and I wonder what he'll have because I don't Samoa Joe's like, TNA theme. Oh, it's Samoa, uh, his TNA theme is great because mm. uh, he's had a couple on TNA. Obviously, the kind of mo- the most recent one before he left, the kind of rap kind of Samoan mm. song, which is cool. That's the thing about Samoa Joe though. Like, his character isn't the Samoan character like Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. He's like a, he's from like a different dynasty, so he's more of like the kind of ass-kicker kind of yeah. street fighter Samoan. I'm not a Thubrathar. I'm, I'm an, an ass-kicker. <laughs> I'm going to leave him in a pile of blood and sweat and vomit. All right. And urine. Uh, and urine. <laughs> okay, Brock. Um, but yeah, so there were some really bad first themes. You're right there. Things like, like Cena's first theme and Orton's first theme. It's just, you know, Daniel Bryan's theme when he was... No, no longer part of the Nexus, mm. which is the furthest thing from Daniel Bryan possible. It was like, da-na-na-na, na na and you're like, that's not Daniel Bryan. So, and it goes out just like Rise of the Valkyries, mm. but like the original song. Yes, because I remember in <laughs> WWE 12, that was his theme. <laughs> right, of course it was. Yeah. So, yeah, any, when I was to, if I was to ask you, like, what is your favourite wrestling theme song of all time? My favourite wrestling theme of all time? Oh, God. I mean... I don't think anything will be more sentimental to me than this sheer feeling of exhilaration when the glass breaks and the glass shatters yeah. for Austin. And obviously there were countless times where that happened in my childhood and it meant something, um, not just when I was watched Austin wrestle live in, in Manchester, but also uh, I'm thinking of moments like uh, when Austin comes out to help Mankind win the title mm-hmm. or during the invasion when the old Stone Cold comes the back. The old Stone Raw. Cold. I mean, that's got to be one of his best parts of his career. But even the one and more recently in, in my later adult years, or well, my early adult years, but you know, <laughs> later on in the life as I have lived it to now, was WrestleMania 30. Yeah, because man. Hogan comes out, and you need to understand that in 2014, Austin hadn't been on WWE TV in about three years. No, since WrestleMania 27. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, I kind of had assumed he'd fallen out or something. He wasn't at Raw 1000. Right. Um, and so. Uh, when the glass shattered for that, my mind blew because I just thought that meant that was a bigger deal to me than The Rock, right? Because The Rock had been more had been there the previous year. Yeah, I loved that too because he had just started his podcast Austin mm-hmm. in early twenty fourteen. That's right. So he had been maybe talking about WrestleMania and he was a bit more in the business than he was prior. Mm-hmm. And he came out with the BSR T shirt on the Broken Skull Ranch one. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to my dad because we were listening to the podcast and we were like, "Oh my god, he's wearing his own merch! It's like it's so cool we'd love the podcast." And just the thought, like, I, I genuinely at one point thought, are they going to have a triple threat match right now? I genuinely <laughs> thought, like, there was a chance, yes. or there were going to be a tag, or they were yeah, going to yeah. drop the stunner on someone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Austin's probably up there, and that's a really good one I like to listen to get myself amped up. But I'm going to tell you this, right? I have a very soft spot for Kurt Angle's theme, slash Sergeant Slaughter, absolutely. slash The Patriot. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I just getting lots of notifications at the one time there. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's amazing how that's such a reused theme, but it's mm-hmm. still so synonymous with Kurt, mm-hmm. you know? 
And did you see when he when he was when he left TNA like in twenty whenever it was twenty fourteen or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, twenty fifteen, and he started doing independence and stuff. And there's a video from wrestling Zack Saber Junior mm-hmm. uh, at like Rev Pro or something. And there's like a video from the crowd. It's like crowd footage when that song hits, mm-hmm. and the crowd just go nuts because it's the first time they'd heard that song. Yeah, since '06. And I, I tell you what, that and I was hoping for that when he wrestled at Fear and Loathing at the ice right, in the Hydro. Right. Uh, and obviously, because they were streaming on Fight that night, obviously they were never going to use it. But part of me had hoped that yeah. that was going to hit because you know that if they hadn't had the Fight TV deal, ICW, yeah, they definitely would have done because it. Because ICW were doing that a bunch. Like they had loads of songs, like Wolfgang used "Hungry Like the Wolf" yeah. and stuff, and had to change those songs because so many people were like, "In I mean, Grado, the biggest one was like a prayer." Mm-hmm. Like those things couldn't be monetized, you know? Absolutely. And um, which is such a it was almost. Part of the ICW experience, like hearing those songs, it's probably the same as ECW, really. Like hearing that music and listen. Next time we go to a WWE show, a WWE show, that's what I'm going to say. Um, I'm, I'm, we're going to that Hydro one as soon, got as, we know, it. as soon as we know when it is. I'm we there. Got it. Um, hearing that music is going to be great because going to a concert is great, but it's when you hear the wrestling music, you know, yeah, the theme songs and stuff. So something special, about something it. totally different. So yeah, I was talking to. Um, I told you I was going to see McFly, didn't I? Yes, you did. You, you told me on the podcast, I think. Cool. Um, I'm also going to see Royal Blood. Oh, nice. Royal Blood? I know of Royal Blood. Yes, uh, I'm going, and it's the day of WrestleMania next year, and I don't know how I feel about it. It sounds cool. It sounds cool. Like, what a great day, you know? Yeah. Um, we'll go for a meal and go for drinks and go to the concert, then WrestleMania. You need me on that coffee. My ears will be ringing. I'll mm-hmm. not know what match is happening. Oh, well, well, I've still got my glasses. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you if we're doing WrestleMania radio like they used to do in the 90s, then I would have no idea what was going on because I couldn't hear. So my ears will be ringing, I'll be tired, I'll be sore. Mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't affect WrestleMania next year. Well, I guess we're not going to next year's WrestleMania. Now. You have to see Royal Blood, but that's got to happen as well, my friend. Oh, go to WrestleMania? Yeah, one day. Maybe Dallas. Maybe New Yeah, Orleans. it's just, I mean, I would, we've talked about it recently, didn't we, about that wrestling travel website mm-hmm. where they've got all the deals on. It's definitely doable. It's doable, but I also don't know who's going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Because I like, yeah, I know. Because you're, you're clearly in a more, like, secure financial position yes. than me. And hopefully by the time I'm, I'm thinking of going to WrestleMania, then I'm probably going to being I'm working off consistently yeah it's not been your job, year has it like that you know way. yeah but listen 2021 is, is going pretty well so mm-hmm. far touch wood and hoping things keep real going. wood because we're in the same room together sorry I didn't mean to raise my voice <laughs> usually I would, I would touch wood in, in uh, my own house but I would, well, this way you would be able to hear because the, the table I use is wood as well but yeah, um, I'm almost feeling like we should do random wrestling right now this is where we're I, I was, but I don't, have the, I don't have the list Unless you want to do when you're thankful that you have on hand. Oh, let's see. Yes, that's a shout. Um, that's the problem when you don't prepare, because usually sometimes we'll go to like, when it's like a fun novelty, we'll just like see what happens when we start. When we've got stuff we need to talk about, then we'll plan segments, but we mm-hmm. won't be planning segments today because we thought the novelty of <laughs> setting in the flesh would be good enough. Okay, what I want, Chris, is for you to give me a number between one, two, no, we've done that one. A number between one, two, three, and four. A number between one and four, including the numbers one and four. Going to go four. Okay. Um, okay. I will do this. And uh, could you please cue the jingle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, little Brent could be a dead now. Computer says no. What I'm thankful for in wrestling this week. Oh, yeah. We had hope, dear listener. Uh, thank you for playing the jingle, Chris. Or Sean Michaels when he's trying to learn how to do the internet. He's like... <laughs> so thank you, Chris, for playing the jingle. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, dear listener. That was a pre-record, but um, 
we do like my wife is I can see her out the window um, talking to my neighbour um, she's there trust me alright <laughs> 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 so I don't know your neighbourhood um, what am I saying uh, play the jingle when it was jingle. Uh, Kate was going to come and do it live but she didn't um, but she did do toilet break live which we've not actually done uh, if you want to go you can be excused no it's fine uh, so I am thankful and this is actually quite timely because I'm coming up to this on my watch a lot okay and it's not on the network I don't think and I think the only way to get it is to get a VHS or a DVD copy of it mm-hmm. I am thankful for the raw 10th anniversary award ceremony it is not on the <laughs> network but I have it on DVD Woo! I can let you borrow it if you want I'd love to because I've not seen it since I was about a teenager I think I used, oh to, have, my I, I used to have it on the VHS and the DVD I understand came with like TLC 4, four yeah. on, on, on it which is amazing so, yeah. um, which and, was voted the greatest match in raw history uh, yeah absolutely um, I might even have Jeff Hardy and Taker on it as well I'm not sure yes. so um, many nostalgic Memories with that show, absolutely. So, for those of you who don't know, dear listener, this uh, awards ceremony was they started advertising it in late 2002 on Raw and they didn't really say what it would be. It was pictured as like it was pitched as really as going to be like a special episode of Raw, like Raw 1000 was, right. for example, because um, it just said coming in January 2003. They didn't say anything more about what it was. And actually, I'm on January 2003 now on my network watching on and they still haven't said what it's going to be right so i don't know at what point the penny drops but they booked their own restaurant the the world formerly wwf new world, york in times yeah. square now the hard rock cafe um, which we've both been in we've both been in yes um how do you think i feel <laughs> <laughs> oh i thought good holy what do you, this is wwf new york not wcw new york how do you like me now <laughs> me now I've just ripped Chris's t-shirt off just soon. Um, <laughs> for wearing a WCW t-shirt. Um, where did they get that t-shirt? They weren't selling them at that time. I don't know. I, um, I think it was a plant. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's still real to me, damn it. Now, <laughs> um, so they're in WWE New York or the world. And uh, and it was an awards ceremony with awards that were deliberated and decided on by the Wrestling Academy of Arts and Sciences. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. That's what they said it was. It was hosted by JR and the King. And there's lots of weird parts about it. Um, uh, Jericho's very heelish during the whole thing. Yeah. Um, famously, The Rock accepts an award via satellite oh. and is booed and by the New York crowd, even though he's doing a babyface promo, which is clearly a pre-record. Yeah, it drove me nuts. And it's the boring day, When it's like the via satellite thing, like, no, like, oh, God, it may have worked in the late 90s, but not anymore. The fans were, kind of, especially in New York, they were wise to the fact that he had he had left it behind at that point and yeah. he was never going to be their full-time boy again. And Austin... So the Austin wins something. Austin wins Superstar of the Decade. Never shows up. And his music plays. But this was before No Way Out. So this was before he was back on good terms. McMahon and Austin hadn't spoken at this point. And so McMahon, being the absolute heel that he is, shows up and accepts the award and says, You're going to bet there's a goddamn good reason why Austin isn't here tonight. Because he was not invited. And he swaggers off. There you go. Um, And uh, I just have memories of sitting in a caravan eating toffee. Watching this over and over again on video. Okay. I know, it's another story for another day. <laughs> um, but, man, I, I love it. And uh, it was such a fun novelty. Um, I would be raging if I paid to watch on pay-per-view and there wasn't even a single wrestling match. I See, I think it was, it was not just the episode of Raw that week. Was it? I think, I don't know. Somebody tells me there's a commercial breaks and stuff. 
There are, mm, I don't think it was on. Or maybe it was, it was a TV, TV special, special or something. Yeah, because yeah. um, right before Royal Rumble, right? Right before Royal Rumble, and one of the things that I loved that came out of it though were the special edition Raw magazines. Right. Then there was four different covers you could get. One had Brett and Sean, one had Austin McMahon, one had Mankind and Undertaker, and the other had Rock and Triple H, I think. Cool. Uh, and I think I had the Austin McMahon one, uh, and it was a big special edition one, and it, it's it's mental. Uh, and I uh, haven't seen it in a long time. I saw it in. CEX not long ago before the mm. pandemic and I nearly picked it up but I'm sure it's on YouTube I'm sure it's available illegitimately yeah I mean I can give you the DVD if you want um, mm. yeah I only remember Triple H getting his bum out and Stephanie like going and smacking it do you remember that? yeah because they, they didn't do a lot of crossover stuff on TV because they, in real, of their wedding was later that year yeah. like they were actually engaged in real life at this point um, and yeah I just remember I was like I was so confused because I watched this when I was wee like mm. I was like First of all, I thought they had fallen out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an out of the least enders. And then I was like, what is Triple H doing? Why is that funny? And why is that even a thing? So, uh, yeah, that is that is a good one. A good one to be thankful for and, and lots and of nostalgia there. One of the last on-screen appearances of classy Freddie Blassie as well. Really? Who died a few, a couple of months later. Wow. And he was there in the audience. Um, uh, uh, another funny moment is when they announced, they're about to announce Superstar in the year and Big Show just stands up and goes, thank you. That's thank great. you. I really appreciate it. And I don't even know if that was a scripted thing. But it, was, it, was it wasn't even nominated. Yeah. It's just... Um, <laughs> and of course, Jeff Hardy was up twice for a match of the year because he was there with the Jeff Hardy-Undertaker match and with the TLC. And of course, he won with the TLC. I match. remember like when that match wins the match of the decade, like, they all go up to the stage together mm. and they're all kind of wearing their suits and stuff and they're kind of in character and they're kind yeah. of not but in Was Kane there? I don't think Kane was there. I don't know, man. I hope he was wearing his mask and stuff. One last quick thing. Nothing I'm going to, to do a recommendation, by the way. Okay, that's great. One last quick thing just to throw in there because we're talking about my watch along. Did you know that when they announced for The Undertaker to come back in Royal Rumble 2003, so you know how after Hell in a Cell, Big yes. Show throws him off the stage? Yes. And then he shows up at Royal 2003 yep. and uh, him and Lesnar have a thing, right? Did you know that that was going to be the original Return of the Dead Man? No, I didn't know that. Because no. the first couple promos on SmackDown... Really? are all like, dung, the dead oh, man wow. rises, the dead man, re- literally says the dead man will return. And then they must have changed course at some point and maybe Taker didn't want to do it and he was eventually talked into it. Because he, cause he said in Broken Skill Sessions, didn't he, that even up until we did come back at WrestleMania 20, he still was against it because he's mm. like, how do you go back? Surely mm. you want to like, move forward and stuff. But... And I theorise that it was maybe an example of, you know that story that Punk tells about him getting booked against Ryback at, for a TLC match with, and they've announced it and yeah. he's just had his knee surgery and he didn't even have a say in whether right. or not it was happening. And there's a few stories like that of like Ryback, and not Ryback, but like Vince booking things and people only finding out. We're going to do this anyway and yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't matter how you feel about it. And exactly. Stuff. And I think they probably did that and Taker wasn't consulted and then he backed out and so he comes back. So when I get to that, it'll be interesting to see when the advertisements transition to yeah. American Badass. But man, it was, uh, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. But yeah, thankful for all 10th anniversary and uh, it's a, an absolute banger of a show folks so um, and if, if nothing else it's a weird curiosity and weird and pointless is fine in wrestling so are zombies not every week but every so often it's yes. fine yeah I don't want the zombie wrestling federation no 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 the ZWF <laughs> <laughs> right okay um, right we'll do a quick match recommendation to finish off the show match of the week and then we'll be done for today and then I'll have to go home which will be strange yeah <laughs> usually I'm already home Um Okay, so we're going to hit the jingle again, not live, because Kate's still not here. I know, raging. Wrestling, recommendations, wrestling, recommendations, wrestling, recommendations. Match of the week. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, 
I would mention like if you're doing some work on the YouTube mm-hmm. channel and stuff like that and we're, we're crossing over certain landmarks on the Wrestling Connection YouTube channel link will be in any description box that your podcast app has we'd love you to subscribe I'd do some uh, r- uh, ratings on there for matches of the current mm-hmm. pay-per-views and I used to have a channel called Let's Watch Wrestling TV which I did like compilations on and stuff and I, I kind of wanted to be like the wrestling channel that mm-hmm. was back in the day and I would, I would load a lot of stuff on there, like match highlights and stuff, and then the copyright strikes really came hammering Oof. down. And luckily it was on there, not CM42 TV. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Because I would have lost it by then. Um, I need to create a backup channel, by the way. Remind me to do that. Yeah, um, Yeah. so on that Let's Watch Wrestling channel, I did like big countdowns. Mm-hmm. Top 30 Mick Foley matches, top 30 Batista matches, and they did really well views-wise. So I was thinking, I'll do that again. But it just takes some time and stuff, and... I never like how they get outdated and stuff. Like yeah. there could be more matches and stuff. So I was going to do one for an Undertaker and stuff. And then I was thinking about Daniel Bryan. I was like, if he's, he's done, he's retired apparently. You know, this would be a good, chen- a good chance to kind of take advantage of the Daniel Bryan um, novelty. So I have gathered 50 Daniel Bryan matches. Mm. So I've got a top 50. I'm not ranked them yet, but I've got 50 matches. I'm going to make a top 50 Daniel Bryan WWE matches. Nice. From 2010. So just as WWE. Just WWE, just Daniel Bryan. 2010 to 2021. Um, and it was it was really good fun going through them and stuff and I was like I need to watch some of these mm-hmm. like I've not seen them in years and stuff so I watched this match at Over the Limit with CM Punk nice. which we talked about when we did the top 5 Brian matches on the show which again it might change it might be the same that top 5 I did in the podcast we just kind of thrown together mm-hmm. so I watched the Over the Limit match and my god I knew it was good and like all the time it's Punk and Brian like even just the novelty of that being the WWE Championship match was good enough mm-hmm. never mind the fact that it was such a good match but um the thing about this match that people forget about is that it's literally like this perfect wrestling match that you did not see in WWE, especially on pay-per-view in 2012, because the main event of that show, as we talked about, is, is John Cena versus John Laurinaitis, mm-hmm. which was a lot more up that street in terms of 2012 WWE. And that match, I, the only thing I think about is Big Show's shirt. I don't remember Big Show's It was really shirt. yellow. Different, you could probably see sweat. Yeah. Sweaty body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, over the limits, not this great show or anything. Um, but this match is a masterpiece and there's mm-hmm. lots of false finishes non-stop belt to bell action and in terms of like modern wrestling the only other like wrestling matches that I've seen that are like this where there's no stoppages there's no like weird finishes and weird moments and stuff there's no uh, cinematics for WWE it's just belt to bell great wrestling there's like these New Japan matches mm-hmm. and these long pay-per-view matches you might see in AEW and NXT yeah. and this is back in 2012 you know Punk talking about how he's the best in the world and then he has matches like this that kind of proves it. Yeah. Um, he was a total full package. He was so over. And I saw a clip of him actually doing like a live show and people were saying, like, are you going to come back or whatever? And then the fans started saying, we miss you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said when he was wrestling, he, he wasn't happy. And now he's happy. So why would he go back to what makes him not happy? Yeah. And I just, I, every time he says things like that, I'm like, I hope he does get the send off he deserves. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. That's the thing that's missing. I don't need another run. Right. I just need... Uh, the match a you match know? or a big storyline that maybe helps someone in I don't know but like watching this match with Daniel Bryan because obviously Daniel Bryan is one of the greatest wrestlers that's ever lived but when he wrestles Punk and it really makes Punk like show his best and really gets mm-hmm. him out to out of his shell um, you really see how great Punk was you know mm-hmm. um, he says he's the best in the world but everyone you know Jericho and all these people say that mm-hmm. um, but in these matches he gets to kind of prove it because he's got someone like Bryan to do it with yeah. you know um, so that's the match I'm going to recommend Over the Limit 2012 Daniel Bryan CM Punk check it out this week on the network if you've got it I'm going to do it ever since you mentioned it recently I um, uh, it went back again, I got so many memories because that was such a great time in my fandom and right. I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when you did the initial list uh, so I'm meaning to go back and watch it 
I am I'm doing this rotation right now of an episode of Raw, then a Marvel movie, then an episode of Clone Wars, and then like nice. so I do this kind of thing when I'm washing dishes, etc. Where are you in Clone Wars? I'm still in like season two or something. I've, like I've that. just started season four. It's, yeah. it's like I don't know if you're struggling with that because I was struggling. In I, I I think it's going to get better because part of me just wants to skip to season seven. If I'm honest, the animation gets better, the flow of the story gets better, and it's like certain episodes have like cliffhangers and stuff which don't happen in. Season one and two, I think. So yeah, I'm I'm persevering with it uh, because I don't want to get into Rebels or Bad Batch or anything. No, like that. stick like, with it because yeah. I've been really tempted to go to season seven too because I love Revenge of the Sith so much. So yeah, that's why I want. I want that satisfaction. Yeah, but so, it'll be worth it more though. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And I want to be able to recognize the wee Easter eggs in right. the movies. Exactly, you know, exactly. Those exactly. come up so and like Mandalorian or whatever. So uh, I am loving it. But this is not the Star Wars connection podcast. However, we could totally do that. We, we could totally we could do that. do that as a special. I ain't got the time. Right. <laughs> That's it, ladies and gents. Episode 58 is in the books and we have been in person. We, we, obviously, we'll go back to our usual format for next yeah. week. But what I will say is we should do, um, whether it be landmark episodes or special yeah. episodes, whether they're like countdowns and stuff, we can watch alongs. Watch alongs we should totally do together. Definitely. And listen, if we're lucky, we'll get to do more of these in person. I feel it took me about five minutes to get into my groove just because it was so different at first. But I've really enjoyed this. And... Uh, think of dear listener this is this is this is like Wrestlemania 37 and tomorrow night is being back in the Thunderdome so that'll be like next week okay no because that means that like the Thunderdome is a massive downgrade we are not a downgrade, not a downgrade. Never will be. but listen this has been a huge tremendous novelty the fact that we were able to sing together I, I would like to personally say thank you not only to our amazing listeners but to my co-host Chris Moffat CM42 TV uh, and uh, here's hoping that in the future we can do more of these face-to-face because this was the original plan was to it do was. this every single week which actually seems rid- ridiculous yeah. that we ever thought we could do that I could have even did the good bit like that and I was with these people every yeah. day and that's <laughs> not even considering a pandemic you yeah know? Exactly, exactly so listen we'll be doing more remote ones than like this but if you hope you've enjoyed it dear listener if I sounded weird and animated at the beginning it's because I felt weird and animated but no again yeah. as you say this was your first ever podcast yeah. in person it's yeah. just it's crazy but thank you for having me thank you for welcoming me into your your lovely home and now the studio of 50 episode 58 mm-hmm. and uh, i'll be back whenever you want yes just don't let the door hit you in the way out no thank you <laughs> right until next time we've been said to austin in 2003 <laughs> right okay guys thanks very much for listening take care of yourselves and we will see you all next week on the wrestling connection podcast ta-ta